Hi there, welcome to an episode of an Inside View podcast in association with On The Ball Team Building. I'm your host, Jamie Finn. If this is your first time listening, please do go back to episode one and have a listen. If you haven't done so already, please do click subscribe. There is a business or sports person in each of us, and we hope that our guest stories will help our listeners to chase their dreams. Welcome to Series 2 of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball Team Building. I'm absolutely delighted to be back. Big shout out to Vintry Harbour Asset Management for the continued support. We really appreciate it, guys. Any other sponsor out there that would like to come on board as well, please do drop us a message or email us info at ontheballteambuilding.com. Our first guest on Series 2 is Kerry J. legend Jordan O'Shea. Don Scott Woman is the only player to win All-Ireland Senior Medal before winning All-Ireland Minor Medal. She became one of Kerry's longest-serving inter-county footballers and captained the side in 2003 and 2008. The five-time All-Star was named in the 2010 Team of the Decade. O'Shea was also talented in soccer. She has 26 caps for her country and 16 goals to her name. In 1995, she was named the FAI Senior Women's International Player of the Year. There's no doubt we have a huge amount to cover, so let's bring her on. Hi Geraldine, firstly, thanks for taking time out to come on into the View podcast. How are you keeping? Hi Jamie, very good now, keeping very well. I'd like to kind of delve back into how the last, you know, it was, what was in the last eight, 16, 17 months has been for you, um, you know, for the pandemic point of view. Thankfully, we're kind of going the right direction now. Um, but more specifically, you know, that period in March when, you know, when things kind of went in the right lockdown, um, March 2020, how do you deal with it from a mental health perspective and from a work perspective? Well, work perspective, we were shut down. So basically it was home time in Lisbon. And you know what, as a start, we only thought it was going to be a few weeks. So it was kind of relaxing. And we said we get jobs, my seven columns, so we get loads of jobs done around the house and painting and everything was thrown out and everything was done then after that things were getting done so we have a brother-in-law called Paddy and he has a farm like a big enough farm so we said we'd definitely give a hand we were plenty of spare time in our hands and the weather was gorgeous that's what helped in the first lockdown the weather definitely helped everybody kind of get through we were walking different mountains that we never saw before and taking the kids on adventures like it's like every day we do a bit of farming in the morning and the adventures would be the evening time from then, from not having a gear bag going in the car, that was a bit of a struggle. All right, like, you know, training Kerry ladies football was going well. After three win, five wins in a row, things were going well. We thought we were going to make the Division 2 final and get promotion to Division 1. And that just stopped. We didn't know, like, all the girls were just, what's going to happen? So, to be fair, Cassandra Buckley, the SNA, kind of took over from there and put the girls doing programmes and different individual tasks by themselves. And they used to meet in Zoom maybe once a week and stuff just to try to keep everything people talking and keep it together, like, you know, so people didn't drift away, like, and stuff. But um, first one, I wouldn't have said it was totally bad. Like, it just probably lasted a bit longer than expected. And then it took a while to get the show back on the road or get used to going again, maybe, as well. So you get kind of set in your ways then after a while, like, we were thinking yeah. farming, farming life might have been too bad. But um, <laughs> you have to go back to reality then after a while. And get used to the chaos again. You get used to the chaos. And career, would you um during that time, did it ever cross your 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 mind? Imagine if you were still playing, how do you think you would you have dealt with it? Oh, I probably probably wouldn't have dealt with that great at all. I wouldn't be great to go off training on my own. It was easier when you're yeah. young and small and you just kick a ball at the side of the wall of the house at home or down the field at home. 
as you get a bit older, I think you need people to push you along. Might be more a person that gets driven with other people involved with me, like, and be able to lead people along that way, like, then I think the Zooms and doing all those exercise classes, they're not really for me now, to tell the truth. <laughs> and the gym definitely wouldn't be for me. It's it's amazing, like, in it, that we say in your earlier days, you have to do a lot of training, which we'll delve into later on, on your own. It would have been very individual, like, wouldn't it? Oh, very individual at the start, yeah, because I just kicked the ball at home by myself or my two brothers as well, like, but, yeah, I think when you just get involved in the team sport, you get used to, so used to training with other people, like, and to be fair, the gym hadn't really come in in my time with Kerry ladies that were doing maybe a bit of, not a whole lot, to be fair. Maybe towards the end, we were doing a small bit of gym, but I definitely wouldn't have been the best for that now. <laughs> and how, how did you find, I suppose, yeah, I suppose if you're doing it from the start, you know, the gym work from an early age, it probably wouldn't be too bad. But how did you find that in your, you know, coming towards the end of your Kerry career? Justin? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't see a whole lot of points in it, really. <laughs> I thought I'd be better <laughs> off out in the field, kicking ball and stuff like, but I did do it, but it was... I prefer the nights we were going off training and even if it was hard slog or whatever it was, I just prefer to be out doing a bit of running and a bit of kicking. And uh, how, yeah, I, I suppose it would have been, like, how did you find it from um, management slash coach backroom team perspective, the lockdown, you know, to keep trying to, you know, you're, you're obviously new enough to roll the last couple of years. How did you... Yeah, we've only been involved. This was kind of our, that was our first year really involved in the senior team. We were involved with the minors the year before with Dara Declan and Amod and Cass. And it was definitely a whole new challenge, like just to try to keep everybody focused. But to be fair, we've a wonderful bunch of girls like who found it. They met every challenge like they met. They send back runs. They, Cass got more advent, adventurous as Simon done as well. And she was able to track what they were doing and Strava and everything became involved in it. So you couldn't hide. Yeah, the technology was a big, big advantage. <laughs> Yeah, technology is a big advantage nowadays, and there is no place to hide like as well. Like, you know, you'll be caught up the minute you come back training if you aren't doing, doing the bit like and keeping up. True, true, true. And I, I did say to you off air that, um, you know, I, I didn't send you on the, the questions in advance because I, I, I know you for years and I wanted to catch you on the on the hop with everything. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's look, we'll, we'll bring it back to the early days. Um, because I, like what I like doing with guests is kind of get a holistic picture of their early career and how that shaped them into the you know the person they they became. Um, I think it's important for people like to gain insight into that. So, you're an own squad, own woman, grew up in own school. Um, what was it like growing up there? I am very proud on a school person from Ballinvore. Uh, it was lovely to be fair. Mom and dad were very good, and we two brought two brothers at home with me, Johnny and Tia. So from early days, just school, schooling on a school and every evening I'd say home and kick that ball and whatever like that was all I ever did every, every evening. Homework was just about done and stuff. And then it was outside and playing and enjoying life, really. And then, say, I suppose in 1986, Tommy Doyle was my uncle and he brought Sam McGuire to Onoskal. That was probably massive for me to see and for everybody in Onoskal to see, like, Jesus, Sam McGuire was inside my house at home, like, and was very proud and just thought, Jesus, that maybe there's an opportunity if you stick at something you never know. Like, and maybe the dream was founded that day or something. You know, say something burnt out. And I was like, Jesus, I have to find someone to go play with. <laughs> can't can't win anything on your own or just be kicking the ball here all day. Like, so in the end, it finally worked out. After about 12, I'd say, I came back and I played in a kind of just failed in this whole kind of competition. And there was a man near there came back called Dennis Healy from Blenerville. And he just said, Would you like to join Blenerville? It was the nearest team. That I could find really so from that day on he kind of to be fair to me he was coming get me if I couldn't get there and Tom Shea couldn't get me there he'd, he'd be there to get me and we joined on together from then like so it was good like and uh it, it, just on that um 
I, I got the, the, the you would have been around, on round eleven, I think, when when you started the the football with Liverpool. But Liverpool, yeah. We, when Tommy Doyle brought the 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 cup to on a score, I was nine at the time. I'd say. Nine, nine at the time, yeah, nineteen eighty six. Like so, can, can you still remember? Can you still remember? I something? do still. I would still remember that in the village being packed with people and everything, and there was no rush home that night definitely. And so it was just everything involved. And even on a score, football was going very well at the time. We used to go to every match. Like parents would just teach they used to go to every game, and even following on a squad seniors at the time, like it was a great voyage. Like. That time on a squad of very good teams and good players like and to just love the atmosphere of going to everything and just the atmosphere of a community and everybody getting together and you know, getting behind everybody as well like it's very important like I suppose this is the time as well before um obviously before technology all, all that was out there then was you know would have been um phones or and and um radios and, and tvs but phones are only you know you'd you'd, you'd obviously the the phone in the village that uh like Dan Foley's there wasn't <laughs> many that we just used to phone up in the local shop, Flathouse shop. That was it. If we needed to make a phone call, we'd go up Jesus. there. <laughs> that was basically it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And uh, I, so yeah, I suppose what I, what I was like to kind of delve into then, um, you know, um, what was it like growing up during that time, you know, when you started kind of making a name for yourself in sport um, and when, look, obviously, Growing up in the late late eighties, early nineties is completely different to what it is now. Um, were you ever given any negative comments in around like you know you shouldn't be playing football or or anything like that? I shouldn't be playing soccer. No, to tell the truth, now everybody was very backing and so everybody in school was like just keep going on, keep going as far as you can, like or whatever happened and things kind of, I don't know things just kind of fell into place. Like I probably was lucky, like you know to be fair, like you know you make your own luck as well, like but. Things just worked out for me, like in, say, 1993, I won the All-Ireland with the seniors and I was 16 years old and I was probably only in training with them two months because I yeah. called in from the under-16. So I played, the, got, got a run in the Munster final, got a run in the semi-final and then started the All-Ireland final. It was my first ever game for the Kerry seniors. Jesus, and that's the first scoring. game we started, yeah? Yeah, that's the first game we started and scored one too. So there's probably other people pissed off that I took their spot, all right? Like it's so but that's the way it goes, I suppose. And... It was just kind of just worked out kind of lucky little things like that. And we lost, all right, that year we lost the under 16. I was captain of the under 16 final and we lost that. But you know, you have to win one, I suppose, lose one. Joe, the senior was probably more important at the time. And what was it like going into the dressing room that time with, you know, because I know it would have been probably come to the end of that very, very successful Kerry. Okay, they were just, I was totally in awe, to be fair. Like, so you were brought in and you were just looking around and there was like some Mary Joe Curran, Kathleen Curran, like the names would roll off their tongue, like, and they were just very welcoming to be fair, like so they were kind of like, this is the baby, the team will mind her and bring her along, like you know, and you just go over training to Castle Island and Mick Fitzgerald was involved and there was a fella called Pat Hartnett. Just everything was just welcoming to be fair. And you knew there was a good buzz there, like you know, and probably a lot of the girls were on their last hurrah, like and they were giving it everything they could like to reach the Holy Grail again, like you know. It's amazing how they I think there's a break. Was it a gap maybe two, three years? They didn't win it. There was a gap it. of two years. There was a gap of two years where they hadn't got out of Munster because Watford were after becoming very strong as well. Like so, so it was actually becoming very competitive. And I think that day, even against Watford, it was only a one point win, like in the end mm. of the Munster final. Could have could have swung either way. That's how sometimes I say Joy or look like look sometimes kind of follows you maybe or something like so. Yeah, kind of yeah, geez, no. Like. no, definitely, definitely. And it's um at the time, were Blinderville one of the very few football teams in... There was no team in they West Kerry. The they were the only team in West Kerry at the time. They were the only mm-hmm. ladies football team in West Kerry at the time. So there was no real choice to go on and play from. So I played with Blinderville till 
I suppose for a good few years till nearly senior football. And then I went for two years to America. Like, and then when I came back, Kirkovina were formed. So mm-hmm. I joined Kirkovina. And then when I came back, Benville had disbanded at that stage. Like, so I wasn't kind of jumping ship or leaving anybody. You know, it was kind of just the way ladies football can go. It comes in different waves. And the girls from Glenville were actually playing with Kirkovina. Then at the time, some of them like, so it kind of just the way it worked out. Like, you know, Jeez, and I suppose um, I was lucky, lucky enough to win the minor all Ireland. And then as Paddy Hexen had often have a question about me, he got many of us all the time, so... I know, yeah, it's, 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 it's one question you always get thrown by him, like, it always, uh, always catches people. A lot of people know the answer now, so that's all right. Well, they, all, they all know the answer now, so he, he's gone off asking other questions now. He'll have to wait another 40 years, maybe, and bring it out again or something. But it is, not, it is nice that two people like that, you know, on the squad, be like, I was talking about something like that. And then another thing, which I suppose I'd be embarrassed about at first, because I was young, but my neighbour, Robert Hoffman, he wrote a song about me. Yeah, so brilliant me, song, actually. On the squad with a song about you, so, you know, you'll be, you'll be proud now when you when you get a bit older like, no. yeah do you think you uh, haven't retired and stepped away from it, perhaps lockdown having kids now do you kind of appreciate your career a bit more now not oh, that you, you probably, didn't before like yeah you probably would because when you're inside it you're just in the moment like you're just going from one game to the next and it's either a high or a low like you know you're either winning or losing and we lost a good bit too like so it kind of kind of brings you back down to earth again and then you just roll on the winter and roll on the next season again so you're just kind of just in a circle all the time like and when you stopped then you realise maybe yeah it wasn't too bad it was it definitely wasn't too bad for you an unbelievable career in fairness and uh, like I was saying to you off air it was next to impossible to get information like if it was if it was nowadays um, I think you'd been you would have been strattered across all the the you know the um, outlet, news outlets and probably oh. Well, it, only for only for my mum I wouldn't have much information because you know how you forget things but she had scrapbook after scrapbook collected to be fair to her Oh, oh yeah, no, was it? Yeah. Like, so yeah, so she has plenty of information to be fair to her. I actually rang I rang uh, I rang Johnny one day and he was he was at, at your house and he was like going through the medals and he's like, Oh yeah, she won that as well. <laughs> yeah, I love both of the medals there to be fair. Like, so. <laughs> and uh just uh, like you it must be extremely difficult for you growing up as well as saying your teenage years that you must have been on the road all the time between Gaelic football and, and obviously soccer then. It was, to be fair, like, to be fair, I was lucky I went to college in 1983 and that was probably one of the best things I probably ever did. I probably I did health and leisure inside there and the football was getting good inside there too at the time and we ended up winning two O'Connor Cups and I was playing soccer with Ireland at the same time. So at least by the weekends, I just get on the train to Dublin, go training and then come back down. And to be fair to IT Tralee, I probably was one of the first ladies to get a scholarship in there. Bill Kirby of the Brogue, like, organised a scholarship, to be fair to him and oh work wasn't too much on the agenda and you know, it helped yes. to be fair you know, when you're traveling all the time and then I maybe used to be down if we had a carry game I'd be down after training Saturday with Ireland we did the carry game on Sunday they'd be okay with that and if not I'd be above Ireland training all weekend so on a skull was missed out for bits of that too like you know it was kind of or else I'd be collecting if I was it was the summer dead I'd have to be inside and collect me the Sunday night off the train back to them Foley's <laughs> dinner back to so <laughs> back to on a skull I was too late for them Foley's <laughs> Uh, I think it's important as well, just because I, I like to have all this on record. Is how did you know how did you come about soccer? Because it was probably very wasn't that popular probably in the in the in the county back then, especially women. No, it was soccer. very there was very little play that time. And to be fair to Dennis Healy, as well, I was mentioning a few times because we were under fourteen. I'd say with Blenderville, and he entered a national cup soccer competition. He kind of affiliated us into a soccer thing, and we went on, played away in it, and we actually ended up winning it. Yeah, so it was that's like it. 
And, yeah, and, it's Blenderville, yeah. It was like, like an All Ireland kind of soccer competition, like we won it as Blenderville. So that's how I kind of got met a fellow from Listowel named John McScanlan, and he's very involved in Listowel soccer. They're still involved, like he's a legend and a gentleman, like altogether. So he coaxed me along, I'd say I was about 15 years old to start coming playing for them in kind of like an underage kind of competition. And he was playing the Limerick League. And then they'd enter the national kind of cup competitions, they'd enter under 16 or under 18, whatever was kind of going along. And to be fair to them, as many nights they put me up in the stall or whatever, like you know, there was no panic, like it was, we were always well looked after and everything. And from then, kind of, it was kind of pure by chance again. I suppose I was doing the leaving, and Tom probably nearly had a heart attack because it was after something to be done. And he said, Would you just go to Limerick? There's this competition on, so I was playing away. And there were scouts there from the Ireland under 18s, and they just came up to me after a game and they said, Would you go to Dublin next weekend? We're going on a trip to Sweden in a month's time. So, like, there was girls above there training with months and months, and next minute I was above in Dublin and did okay. So, they put me on the plane to Sweden. So, and we went out playing in the Gatia Cup in Sweden, like so. It was amazing. Like, you you did all right there as well. I, like, even, I didn't even dream of playing, like really playing for Ireland. Joe, like that was never kind of, you know, wasn't even a dream when you were going up and down the school, to be fair. Like, to be yeah. far fetched if you were dreaming of that, like, you know. And um, so to even put on the Ireland jersey, like, Jesus, and the first day out there was just amazing. I'd say it was hit the post, hit the crossbar, hit everything I'd say for the first two games before I eventually settled down and started scoring a few goals. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was just saying there, you, you did all right out there as well. You made the team of the competition, did you? Or yeah, kind of a, yeah, there was a team of the competition in the end. Yeah, once I settled into the kind of going, you know, I suppose the nerves the first few times and everything like that, like, you know, but it was, found it handy enough then and it wasn't too bad. Like, John, there was a great bunch of girls and the manager was Mick Cook and he was kind of involved with the seniors as well at the time. He called four or five up straight away. To the senior. So before I knew it, that all happened in July and in September, I was on a plane to the Faroe Islands playing for the Irish seniors. So it was kind of very fast. It all, like, as you say, it was just a whirlwind, like, you know. Were you, as far as you know, were you one, I should probably ask PDX and this, but were you one of the first uh, women to, to probably play from Kerry, from Kerry to play with Ireland? There was actually another girl that's wrong, well, just after me, Carmel Kissan, but I don't know actually to tell the truth. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I'll ask him that actually. He'll definitely know. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what, it must have been unreal. Like, what was the like? Was there a buzz around, say, West Kerry at the time when you were representing Ireland, or was oh, it? Oh, um, was. Was there? Yeah. Yeah, there was a massive reaction. To be fair, like, it's not was just was Everybody was like, "He's fair play to you, like and everything." And they even had a night on a skull. Like I'd say, got uh, Ireland Player of the Year, I suppose, one year, and they held a night on a skull and everything. Like, it's not was. It was, and they brought the managers down. They kind of surprised me and everything. Like, so I didn't know yeah. anything was going on in the area at all. I'd say, afraid to mock and a few more at the time, like John Courtney, they kind of got everything organised. Any excuse? Any excuse? Yeah, I was held yeah, in Bracken House. And, you know, I had a great night. I'd say I was probably training to follow a day or day later. So I didn't have as much a good night. I'm not sure. They were all happy. They were gathered together. So I knew nothing about it, to be fair. And it was great recognition from Honest Call as well, like, to know, because they didn't have to do anything, like, to know. There's just so many nice people. Like you see, this is this is you again in in spades that you just downplay your achievements and, <laughs> and everything because what that award you won never knew it either until I I, I was told about it. Um, that has been won by a lot of very successful uh, women soccer players since. Like you have Denise O'Sullivan, who we actually had on the podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, who's playing actually in America at the moment. Now yeah. she's playing Carolina, I think North Carolina, one of those teams, but um. A lot of very good players have Neil Farrell is another one who she's playing with. Yeah. 
And she did she play with Liverpool or something for a while? Liverpool, I know she was with Arsenal, I'd say, for a few years. Yeah, it would, yeah, to be fair, it was a prestigious award. No, that was unreal. It, it, was, it was kind of amazing to be up there and Roy Keane, and there was pictures of all these fellas that I was getting pictures with. I was like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> so yeah, it was another pinch me moment, to be fair. Jeez, and were, were the two lads up there, Theo and Johnny? They go, no, they didn't go, no. <laughs> they caught a wreck if they went in there. <laughs> Couldn't bring all those people from Ronald's call up there. <laughs> and like, so just tell us more about that. You know, when things really started getting going for you with the Ireland set up, and then obviously, so you won the player of the year. Um, is that when Ronald's call kind of, or when the community kind of came in behind you and they, they had a night for you? Or, or yeah, what? it kind of was. Yeah, that's when they kind of community came in behind me, like and stuff. And it was, I was probably 18, 19 at the time, like, and it was amazing, like, to be fair, like, you know, get recognized by your own people, like, so it was lovely, like, so it's really, really nice. And it, when did I, mean, I I mean to ring Robert Hoffman actually that was the only fellow I forgot to ring as well about the about the song. Um, I know when he wrote yeah, well he wrote the song I scored two goals against Scotland and that's part of the song I suppose anyway so I, I don't know I suppose it must have been a bit after that like to know how that he came up with the song and then he sang it he sang it at my wedding so did he did <laughs> and what what was the had you like had you did you play many games for the international side for the senior team I played twenty six. Score ended up scoring 16 goals, so it wasn't too bad. I was played for about four years, spell, I'd say, really, really while I was in college. And then the last two summers of college, I went to Asia America playing playing over in Boston, like playing football in Boston. Kerry football wasn't going as good, and we were knocked out early in the championship, so a few of the college friends were gone over, so there was a great opportunity to go over to Boston and see a bit as well, like, you know, you're you missing out. Like, so I played, um, played football and soccer over there, played football for Boston Shamrocks, and Played soccer with the sirens they were called, or Springfield sirens. So they were about an hour and a half down the road, and it worked out worked out very good. I have to say, the people of Boston are just amazing. I still have great friends, and they still live in Boston, and we're still in contact and everything. Like so it was just they were like a home away from home. Every Irish person that went over there, they minded you. You got accommodation, you got job, so and then you just had to show up and play. What were you working as actually when you were over on painting? The... Painting. Oh, yeah. I was painting for an American lad. Yeah, he lives in Quincy. Larry Lambert was his name. Very, very sound fellow, real American. And to be fair, he taught me how to paint. Like, so he kind of he took time and so took me to, under his wing. And I mustn't have been too bad. He took me back on the following year again. So happy days, happy days. Happy I was, I was actually delve into that in a couple of minutes. But I, I, one thing again, again, like you're just so modest because you, you never talk about this. And I lo- love putting you on the spot is that at the time after the Poland game in 95, after the World Cup qualifier, you which you lost 1 0. Um, but Mick, Mick Cook was full of praise for you afterwards. Um, I think you would have been maybe around 19, 20 at the time. Um, that if you were, uh, you know, if you're a male, you would have been worth a couple million. Just imagine. If- oh, yeah, he did, he did say that, all right. Like, and there probably was a few offers to go to England at the time, but I think the league wasn't as good over there as it would be now, like if you got offered or anything like that. So to be fair, I probably went over to America playing for Sirens Half and hope maybe someone might spot me or you never know, like, to know, say, but um, the American League was nearly impossible to get into after I mm-hmm. found out because they, really, they were only taking each club, could only take three maybe foreign players. Oh, and they'd have worked from Brazil and South America and everything like that. So to be fair, I played a good bit of soccer over there, but it just never, you know, never pushed through really, I suppose. Um, yeah, the English League is only kind of coming good last coming years. Very, very strong with the last four or five years, really, that they're after bringing, pumping like the real big clubs are after really getting behind it and really backing it. Up to that, most of the players that go over, they'd be, they'd be semi. They wouldn't even be semi pros. I'd say to be fair, like you know, it was tough. Kira Grant, who was maybe sack at the time, went over and Emma Byrne, 
two of them went over to Arsenal at the time. Like, and they had, they had very good careers with Arsenal, to be fair with them. And then maybe they worked in Arsenal in the, in the shops, wherever. Like, had they got them jobs and got them sorted out, like, you know. What, what clubs were in were showing interest at the time? I suppose it was Arsenal, really. I suppose yeah, they were. <laughs> you see, you just you're just so mad. Like you you hate saying it, like which is all right, because like, no one listened to this. Then I saw Scranton. So. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, Arsenal at the time, yeah. When yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I just wasn't. I don't know. I was had my two years in America, and then I or two summers and a bit of bit of playing college soccer in America, and then I came home and I was like, I don't know. The dream of still winning in Ireland was there or something. There was something just still burning inside of me. I know I would won All Ireland medal, but I suppose came maybe a bit young like yeah so that being aware of the green and gold I don't know it was always still there again like you know it's both a bit of a home bird as well I suppose yeah but look yeah but the, well, the fact you went away to, to America as well was um you know that was that was actually unreal and if something did happen there like you know the, the time in America wasn't lost either you won you won Boston Championship uh, North American Championship we won, yeah we won two Boston Championships and two North Americans and it was the first time the lads over there had ever won it so it was just lovely like <laughs> It was lovely for all those people, like, you know, we went down to Chicago and won the first one, and the second one was, second year was held in Boston, so it was just amazing even to go out and play in Canton, and they loved our football so much over there, like, you know, it's it's so fun for everybody over there, like, it's just, they just love, like, they love the few Irish coming over, like, and helping it out for the summer, and I suppose giving them a bit of buzz in the lift over there as well, like, it's just a different thing, like, I wouldn't be telling any of my Kerry ladies girls to go at the moment, like, but it's definitely... (laughs) Something people probably should experience, like if they get the chance, like you know, if they have a chance of a month or two, like to just to to get to see how it is when all this COVID is over. Yeah, <laughs> it's character building, isn't it? Really, that's yeah, what yeah. a lot of people it say. It is, like. it is. It's character building. Yeah, you need to stand up for yourself, you know. And that uh, you need to only see different circle of people as well, like to us. And have you have you stayed in contact with? Well, he's just saying none. Have you crossed paths with some people like that? You would have represent, you know, you would have played with it when you represented Ireland and all that. Not as much there because I suppose mobile phones had only taken off by the time I came home from America, I'd say so like what if I man why would say look some of stuff, but we wouldn't really have crossed paths as, as much. It was kind of after America, really, that you know, you would have more context in your phone and stuff like you know. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know what you mean. And it's it's, it's something actually kind of aside from, from this is that you know you're very involved in the football side of things, the Gaelic football side of things. Like when do you shut the I wouldn't say shut the door, but when do you kind of just park soccer to the side and just focus on football I suppose it was after coming home from America that Christmas kind of well, 2000 I suppose really like I went to play back training with Corquino was formed and it was a good club there at the time and then Robbie Griffin got involved with Kerry and he was just like trying to make you captain and stuff like that and then the phone call kept ringing for Ireland all right like I won't say the phone didn't ring like but I suppose I just told him no that the travel up from Kerry then I got a job in Dowling Sports and truly to be fair to him they were very good to me like the Lord very good all along like and no matter getting time off and stuff but I just felt like that to really give it your whole like you had to give it total commitment like so I decided made a decision myself I suppose no one else made the decision for me like yeah look you know you make decisions in this at the time and you just have to and you kind of have to stick to your guns then as well like when they're made you kind of have to stick to your guns like you can't be Regressing anything, and I wouldn't regret it either. Like it was my decision, and it was perfect. Like no, I thought it was perfect anyway. <laughs> no, I did. Like looking back, no, I who did I ask this to know before? Is it someone that we say players that are called into the county scene at a young age, um, and we say they achieve success in a you know in a massive game or win not Ireland? Um, do you think 
you didn't um, absorb or, or soak up that game or that achievement in the moment compared to if you're older. If you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was only 16, like, even it was probably just way too young, like, at the time, to be fair, to absorb it all in. Like, it was, it was glorious. It was lovely. And it was great for my family and everybody else. Like, but it just didn't really so, strike home or set a chord. I would have, not to say I would have swapped it or given it away for another thing, but... I would have loved one to win with the team that I was playing with from 2001 to 2008 or 9 or whenever I retired. Like, no, I would have yeah. given anything. And we lost out in two All-Ireland semi-finals, 2003 and 2004. We were beaten narrowly by Dublin in both All-Ireland. So we got very close like to getting back up to Co Park. It was just just a bit of luck or whatever goes your way. It didn't go our way that those days. Like, no. And like you must have been, I know I'm kind of jumping back and forth here, but it must be yeah. unbelievable, Geraldine, to play in an all-around final. That, you know, especially with, say, at 16, right, you started that game, but, you know, you made an appearance in the semi-final and to start that game, like, did it just, you know, did you take in your strider? Was there no oh, I did. remember? The week before when the team was announced, I was like, I have to say, I was probably shocked that I was starting, like, you know, and going to everybody's home doing playing and stuff. But from then on, it was kind of okay. The girls were grand, like, you know, like, it really was like... You know, Certain girls said, don't sit near that girl, she'll make you too nervous, you know, sit over here and you'll be fine, like, you know, and then you just have to, you have to live in the moment as well, you have to just try to take it by the grasp and try to do well with the first ball you get, like, you know, don't be think, overthinking too much, like, you know, and try to play as good as you can really on the day, like, you know, we were playing a good leash team on the day, like, and things just worked out, like, things worked out well, I was playing out wing forward and got plenty of ball, and what I can remember anyway, I had a good old battle with Margaret Phelan was the girl I was Marking from Leash, and I actually knew her afterwards and stuff. And we had a good battle of the day, like, you know, and we came out winners, which was great. Yeah, no, it's just that's that's amazing. Like, it's, um, I remember actually learning about your career and, and been told about your career when we were in primary school. Obviously, you know, lo- local, um, <laughs> local superstars, knowledge, superstars, yeah, our stars, like, you know, and uh, I was like, geez, that's unreal, like, you know, and it, like, in fairness, what you've achieved is, is hasn't like not many people has done it. We know one all Ireland senior. Um, obviously before an all minor that no one has done that but has um, you know has represented our county rep- represented our country and won All-Ireland and you were on the Gothia World Team of the Team Take of the Year, year yeah. Yeah, Gothia. That's, that's quite amazing like you know it's that's not to, to downplay like and it's, it's no it's not and to be fair that was kind of a surprise as well because it was out it was a boys tournament and the girls tournament we were running at the same time like so it was like I don't know maybe I don't know mom and dad has the picture of that at home in the wall so I don't know I haven't looked at it in a good while so I don't know was it three girls maybe out of the 11 that made the team or something do you know I'm not oh it was it was the mixed team like well it wasn't a mixed team but there was a boys tournament run at the same time as the girls tournament like do you know say so the team of the tournament was picked between the boys and the girls like so Oh, I thought it was just um yeah, no, you won the yeah. you won the, the girls part and, and you no, won the girls team. Yeah, no, it was between the two like so. Jesus. So, yeah. Oh <laughs> so, my god. Yeah, it was kind of so. That was and who do you know would you know any any players that kind of went on to play with play in England then or you know? Oh I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> no, you, you it, that would have been on you would say Yeah, I yeah, I don't know, yeah, I didn't really any of the lads, uh I didn't study to be fair. <laughs> I, stuck, I stuck the thing in my bag and I brought it home. <laughs> and do you have any of the jerseys still? The Ireland jerseys? Oh, I have one Dura Ireland Dura. I kept one ever. Yeah, I gave all the rest away. Kept one. You swap some after games to be fair and I gave it to you. I suppose a good view to swap around the place. And I have one. I kept one. All right, that's it. One of those. Yeah. And I kept my All-Ireland winning jersey. And I'd say that was about it really. I don't know where the rest are. 
Oh, you, yeah, you stayed at Broader and... Yeah, I gave the rest of them away, I suppose, bit by bit. Like, you know, we could scale up jerseys going on all star trips and stuff like that as well, but I'd say this. What all star trips did you, would you went on? I know you went We went down, there was an all star, yeah, I went five all stars and there was an all star trip. The first all star trip was 2004. We went to New York for a week. It was absolutely yes. amazing. Yeah, we stayed in the Fitzpatrick Hotel in New York. There was no expense spared. It was limos. It was everything. Like, you were just treated. It was just probably one of the best weeks of my life, I have to say. To be fair, like, we were just along with 30 more girls, like, who were totally committed to football as well, but you were brought here. Like, you were like, you were like superstars. We were being shown off here and there, and we were left plenty of time to enjoy as well. Like. Jesus. And did you play a game over there, Jolene? We played a game, then we played an exhibition game between the two teams. Say, like, Jolene, you spring the All-Star team maybe from 2003 and 2004, like, and you play mm. an exhibition match over in, in Gaelic Park. Jeez. And where else did you, would you have went back then? Singapore, Singapore was the four years. It was kind of every two or four years. I'm not sure. I still think they still do it, like, when it's supposed with COVID, it's not happening as much. Like, you know, it used to be kind of every two or three years they used to bring a team, like, you know. But it only kind of started in 2004, was the inaugural one, let's say. So I was lucky enough. Are you, yeah, so you won an All-Star in 95, 96, took a break then for a couple of years and said, look, yeah. I, need, I, I need to win three more in a row, so two, three and four. <laughs> two, three and four, so that got me on the trip. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that's that's unreal. So you you, yeah. you got two trips out of it, so roughly. Right, yeah. That was it, like. Would Cora Staunton been on that? On the... Yeah, they would, yeah. Oh, they'd be all great players to be far around the trip. Was it was very good, like, to know. This surely crossed your head. Like, it's picking. It'd be great if we could have done this with a point in front of us because I would definitely challenge you more. But if um, you know, if the option of, of playing in Aussie rules was around in your day, would you have taken it? I think so. Just <laughs> <laughs> playing in the winter wouldn't it be fabulous? It's unreal. You go away in December. You'll be back in April. You miss a bit of league, all right, to be fair, but geez, I don't I didn't think those cars can turn up that opportunity, like to be fair. Yeah. I think the physical side of the game now, I don't know, I might have been fast enough to get away from them. That'd be the thing. Like you have to be fairly physical, I'd say, to play that game. Like and yeah. even technical to get like get used to the tackling and get used to all the other sides of it. Like, you know, it's not everybody that to be fair that would be able to make it out there, like, you know. Mm. It would be tough enough. And to be fair, they're getting they're taking a lot of the cream of the crop, to be fair, to, like to know the girls are asking are probably cut out for the game out there, like. But yeah. Ireland is doing very well. Like the Irish girls are doing very well out there. I used to watch you know, the highlights on TG Car on Monday nights. Like it was great to watch. Like you know, to be fair, like it's great to that they're getting the sport, a... and it seems to be really taking off. Like they're really putting money into it and pumping it up. Like you know, it's kind of I won't say it's weird. It's obviously great from a football perspective, but I get a football perspective. But you know what? There's a lot of players from Mayo. I, I we you know we the Kellys on. Couple, one of the first episodes Neve and Grace um, you know and there's a few from the Midlands there's none from Kerry really or Cork I don't think not at the moment but I'd say maybe in time like in time I think there would have a few that would be good enough I think to go out there to be fair if they wanted to it would be up to themselves I suppose but it's all kind of true approaches now at the moment so I suppose the Mayo girls are helping the Mayo girls get scouted mm. too like so yeah. that's probably helps out there put a word in with this club and that club you know to be fair like but it seems to be more yeah more based on Connacht and Bit of Leinster and even Cavan, Ashley Turden as well. Like, oh, it's just yeah. the way it's going. Like, yeah, she's been really unreal. I, I, see see you. I do definitely see a Kerry girl playing there at some stage. Like, would have been unreal to see you out there. Like, just be. <laughs> Only now the sun might have killed me though. Sun in the old short sleeve t-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're getting that, right. My, 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 my white skin. Rather than the, the wind and the rain, back in old school or the squad. You think I'd be better off in the wind and rain? <laughs> um. 
look, look, obviously, look, you you won the All Ireland in '93, um, and the the fire was obviously still in your stomach all the way along, and your belly up to eight. It must be extremely disheartening and things, you know, when you were getting so close and and um and and everything. I suppose the biggest thing I'd like to ask is, what you know, what would you've learned from your career with Kerry and your career with with Ireland that you like to put put across to your you know to the to the girls now? Well, I'd say just don't ever give up, like on your dream, try to keep going till that, as you say that fire eventually quenches like or you just realize it's just not going to happen like but you have to keep driving on and every year come back to it with the same determination because if you don't give it 100 percent, there's actually no point like so no everything has to be 100 you have to be in for 100 percent. and even the way it's gone now it's probably even more professional than it was in my day way more professional from being involved with it like it or they live like we're like monks to be fair to them and they're totally dedicated to it like but don't let it don't let it pass you by even at a young age so when you're 18 19 don't think that she's all being an all Ireland final next year or the year after. So that's what you kind of can think like that, oh, this we'll win this next year. Now we just didn't get there this year. So be as disappointed maybe as the older girls that are there, like to around you. Like, there's really one thing I'd say, like, keep and keep the heart, keep the heart with you always. You have to and just keep driving on, like, is the main thing. And like, you know, would you've taken part in, you know, obviously, like the, yeah, the, the, the girls scene, obviously, you know, it's very much professional, like the lads, lads, um, lads, gay football. But do you think it's kind of gone too extreme in a way and it's kind of putting some girls off it? It probably is. It is so professional. It probably is putting a certain majority of girls like saying, geez, that's not for me. Like, so I'd like to mm. have a bit of a social life. I have to put work first. I have to put other things first. Like, but, the girls that are in there are just totally committed. They're doing the exact same work as the Kerry Men are doing inside there, inside in Corns. Like they're putting in the exact same effort, the exact same sweat. So everything's the exact same, to be fair. Like they're giving up all the hours. Like it's just maybe a little bit of rub of the green to eventually maybe get Kerry over that line again. Like, you no, know, maybe just COVID got in the way this time. You can put the fuses as well in the way. Like to, maybe we're just not good enough at the moment. Like Dublin and Cork are ahead. They're the ones that we need to catch up with. We need to keep making the strikes to eventually get there. Like, we're just hoping that the girls stick with it, like they persevere, like, but it is a massive commitment. And definitely they'll come to decisions where they have to make up their own mind as well. Like, so. yeah, there's so many things pulling girls yeah, away, and no winter. No, there is so there's so much things pulling people either either way, like you know, so it's very hard, like you know. It is very hard, but you're in Kerry, you're in a county that loves football, like you know. They yeah. definitely get they definitely do get recognized around the place because she's I still get recognized out around the place. So surely there they get recognized. So, oh, your 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 career is quite exceptional, no? Jesus, in fairness, like, but I I know as you say, I know you're well, you know what you're saying, and it's I suppose again, like I spoke to a few people since, and the big thing is about like, you know, having these girls out there in the forefront of of the papers and of media because you know if they're not being seen, aspiring girls can't, you know, they will well, role, role models. Well, I think the probably the coverage TG Carr is giving is amazing. To be fair, like you know, and yeah. they're putting all the girls out there in the spotlight, you know, and the young girls are they can be, begin to dream and they can see these people on telly like and start watching the games on telly like the next step to has to be made is people go to the games and like you know more people go to the games more people are going to attend but at the moment you can't like so it's it's great that it's streaming and the coverage and everything that's been done like it was going very well wasn't it before COVID the, the ladies game there was a massive crowd going to the Ireland there was massive crowds going to the All Ireland so it's just to get all that back going again like you know and get the crowds even, even not just All Ireland they get them to the semi-finals get them to quarter-finals you know get more people following like the following you need like you know to keep pushing it over the line Are, are you training in, in Corns now with like have you 
yeah. We train, we train in Kearns, yeah, all the time. Yeah. To be fair to Sean Welch and Nora they are involved in the county board and they've great relationship with the crowd in Kearns, like and they're they're very good. And there's a man over there, John Daly, and he's a great great fellow. He minds the place over there and he's a gentleman. Good. No, that that's that's you know, and that's good to hear that you're all using the one base now because um Oh, it's, it's very it's very good and it's very important for the younger girls to see that they'll train over in Kearns in time too, like. So that's what they've just said uh, to be called in and get to train over there, like so. Centre of excellence, yeah, and it's really. Yeah, it is a centre of excellence at the end of the day. Like it totally is. Like, been, you know, been on the managerial side of things now, and obviously you would have learned this or, or absorbed this when you would have been involved in teams. How do you think, you know, impo- how important do you think culture is within the team, and how do you think you can influence it? Oh, I think yeah, culture is very important for people to get to know each other and bond together and even when I was in Boston just go back to Boston there was a trainer and he was like this picture on the wall like you use the pile of imagery and self-imagery and stuff like and he was like we have to dream of bringing that picture home on the wall like and it is it's one picture I have like you know at home because he was like you win this thing like about three weeks before a final he was like just imagine all being in that picture in 20 years time and stuff like that like things you can kind of dream of like and you have to yeah you have to get a culture going within a team but Kind of maybe a little bit harder nowadays because you're not going to bring them all to the pub or bring them, you know, like bonding and stuff. Team bonding things are gone as well. Like, so it's just hard to get build it up if you build it up through training more so and stuff like that. Like, you know, and different activities. Even two weeks ago, now we didn't have a great day against Donegal or Galway. We were pipped in both games, but we went inch training maybe a week and a half ago. And the girls loved it. It was just something different than going mm. to Cornells every night of the week and just maybe think outside the box and do maybe a few different things. Like, you know, instead of making it like a drudgery having to the gear bag every day like you just need yeah. to have a small bit small bit different like you know maybe mm-hmm. more fun activities and stuff but that's probably easier to do with young younger kids like when I was involved with Kirkbean under 16 you might go off and bring them horse riding or something with John Pat or something so just uh you know just to change things up like or you know bring them bowling or something but it's easier with the younger ones yeah it's sometimes it's kind of the most simplest of things isn't it really especially when you're older because you don't expect you know that they're going to be doing that and just kind of make them make them feel like a child again as such and it really yeah small but simple games like Cassandra just had simple games on inch beach like kind of so simple simple games all together and just to get the crack and get everybody laughing that's what you want you want the enjoyment like the media enjoyment to be very like and girls chatting like you know what do you think needs to be done to um you know to bridge that gap between between Mayo Dublin and, and Cork you know there's probably three or four strong teams at the moment, isn't there really in the, and even Armagh are up there now, isn't there? They're, they're Armagh are up there now, there's probably, yeah, there's probably, I'd really classify two teams, probably Cork and Dublin as ahead of all the rest. I wouldn't put us that far off, so off the rest of them then at the end of the day, I just think it's a small bit of luck and maybe losing becomes a habit, winning becomes a habit. It's mm-hmm. just to turn the psyche a small bit, like, you know, it's only maybe a small little switch, it could be just 1%, you know, it's not, it's not that far away. Good, good, good. No, definitely, definitely. It's just, I suppose it's just kind of sticking at it. And look, it's it's difficult times at the moment now because you have players coming and going and, you know, restrictions and whatnot. But hopefully that will that will improve in the next couple of weeks. Well, you'll be hoping in the next, by, you'll be hoping in the next few weeks, but even come next February or March, that training can get back to a bit more normality. You know that people don't have to be minding themselves as much. Like, it's just totally, everything has to be done by totally by the book now. Like, there's no, you have to follow every protocol and everything. Like, so it's it's very rigid now and it's based like that. Hopefully, come January, February, hopefully, seeing the other side. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And it, I remember, oh, geez, I was very young when this happened. Um, but I remember as it, it would have matched you the year you stepped away, 2008. You, you stepped away at the end of that year, but 
there's a round of the National League against Mayo played and no one scored. Like, how did that come about? Just, I'd say Robbie Griffin involved at the time. Yeah, they just brought Mayo down to the score. They decided to have a match and on the score. They had the first, I think it was the first game in the National League that year. Like, yeah. Was it? God, but they moved, it, to be fair to the ladies' football, pitches probably wouldn't be the easiest to find. So it was probably handy enough to get on the score pitch as well. Like, and they like, they do move from pitch to pitch. Like, and it probably is good, even though the senior team now at the moment, we probably would prefer just to play in Fitzgerald Stadium in Aston Sack Park. Like, at least you have a base, like, as well. Like, but. Those times you had no choice. We ended up maybe another game below in Carcevine. You just that's the way it was, or you could be out in Brass and playing a game like so. That was that was kind of normal at the time. Yeah, to be fair, it's quite difficult to build a kind of um, you know a culture then when that's happening. So hopefully going forward you'll have a base like yeah, a base to have. Yeah, but it's lovely to get into Aston Tech for the girls to get into Aston Tech Park and for Stroud Stadium because that's the two main pitches in Kerry. Like to be honest, where they they aspire to be playing their football. Like is that where where you're kind of based now? Usually for games. For games, that's where we, not, yeah. we can at all. Yeah, if they're not booked out or anything, that's where we would have a majority of our matches, like, if at all possible. What was it like talking out, you know, for Kerry with um, a neighbour of yours for years, Rihanna Kennedy? Oh, Rihanna, sure, it was lovely having neighbours involved. Like, it's great having other people along with you, like, you know, it's great having, and there was loads of other girls from Kirkwina at the time because Kirkwina were very strong at that mm. few years. So there was probably five or six of us talking out and no, you become great buddies with all those people, like so you're friends for life, really, to be fair, like. So no one's gonna break that bond then that you build up through the few years like that you're together, like you've soldiered together, so through good times and bad times. So yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I suppose look, because it's something I've I didn't really kind of get into before with you, is that you know you um you're psychic and you kind of came across there as as you've been speaking for the last for say 40 minutes or so. Um, would you have done, or would you have been taking, would you have taken part in team building activities over over the years? Um, if so, what? And do you find them, did you find them beneficial? That's the truth, Jamie. We were never bought in one. No, never team bonding. Yeah, even to the pub, no. Ah, well, that wasn't that wouldn't count. That'd be hard <laughs> chaos by by ourselves. There was plenty of nights out. Yeah, there was plenty of nights out, which we kind of, I don't know what you call it, team bonding or not, or just team survival, I suppose. Survival of the fittest. There was plenty of good nights out, but no, nothing kind of organised for team bonding, really, to be fair. Like, yeah, um, no, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. And I suppose, again, I, back to the point you kind of said there is, um, you know, there is still a place for that, um, you know, that avenue where, where girls or, or lads can leave their hair down, have a few drinks and, you know, it's 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 kind of counterproductive when you put too many rules in place because there's more rules for for players to break. But it's probably important too for girls to meet up and have a few drinks in a way. What is important for girls to go and even get together if they want to go for coffee or whatever? Like, wouldn't have to be socially around the pub, like totally. But if they just meet up and go someplace together, like a lot of the girls now on the carry team at the moment, they meet up maybe on a Sunday and go for a swim or go to the beach, knowing the weather is really fine there. And that's lovely to see even if you get 12 or 15 going that's great it's great yeah. that there's time together without having to be told to spend time together like that's kind of what you want as your culture in the end of the day that you don't have to force people together that they're choosing to be together and to stick together like that's what you yeah. want and that will feed into the, the group then you know when they're on the field and things like that you know that oh, totally totally feed into like because you just won't want to let the person beside you down that's what you want to build, like, from start to finish. That's you, it's for your with representing the person beside you as much as yourself, like, from your very strongest to the weakest link, like, so that's, chain can't, shouldn't be broken, like. Did you ever feel a sense of responsibility when you were, you know, when you were playing for Kerry and when you've achieved, when you achieved that much for your, 
you know, for the parish of Owen Skull, that you know, we obviously had Tommy Doyle, but since then, I suppose we had no one to that captain carrier that won in All Ireland at senior level. Yeah, at senior, yeah. I suppose it's just responsive. That can probably drive for me inside myself. It's really pressure I put for myself, really, I'd say, at the end of the day, like, probably set goals for myself, like, you know, you probably always set personal goals and stuff, like, you know, and the day you went out, you definitely try to do your best, but some days it didn't work out. That's the way it goes, like, you know. Would you have written yeah. down goals, Geraldine, back then? No, I wouldn't have written them down at all. No, no, no it would have been inside they'd be in the, the head. They'd be in the head. Maybe yeah. thinking of imagery on the way they gave or something. So you'd be just maybe thinking away to yourself, dreaming away to yourself, like, oh, my two could do in this game or whatever. Like, So you, you would have been doing visualization and announced yourself back then. So, like, yeah, back then, you, know, you definitely would have, yeah, that was a time track, yeah. I'd say yeah. I always did that. Like, I don't know, it was something that probably was just always in me. Like, yeah, that's interesting because some people say they don't, which they clearly do, like, because you're always thinking of the game <laughs> and I and, and watch your. But you you're know. always going to think you can't switch off, like, it's not like you can just put it away, like, you know, you can always be thinking like ahead, like, that's just the way I am, I don't know. And you know, when you, in the lead up to big games when you were younger, we say 17, 18, 19, 20, you, you try to recreate um, certain situations in the game on the pitch, we say, beforehand mm-hmm. in training. Oh. No, probably not. No, everything was probably off the cuff, to tell the truth. Off the cuff. That, that, I probably didn't know what I was doing in the opposition, didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, obviously, you know, we kind of touched on already that, you know, women in sport and, and um, you know, has grown and it got excellent coverage last year. What else do you think needs to be done um, going forward? Or what, you know, if, if you, what could be done going forward, in your opinion, to improve it? Just, I think, keep the sponsorship, the publicity up and just definitely try to get more people at the games. I think that's the massive one, like, just the more support at the games. Jeez, if you're getting a couple of thousand, 20,000 at games, that it, people have to go, like, need to attend them, like, just not just sit at home and watch them on telly. It's easy watching them on telly, like, but they need to start going supporting, start roaring, start spending their bit of money going to the games and stuff, like. I think that's the next real step, like. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, no, keep supporting the underage as well, like, no, don't let anybody behind it's great that the way Lidl and um, AIG, AIG with Dublin, but you know, all these bigger organizations have come on board to support women in sport. Oh, yeah, Lidl are, Lidl are massive support to be fair, like even with the clubs, like they give away jerseys and stuff and footballs or whatever, like, and they've four or five ambassadors doing the ladies' football, which is great. Like, but more coverage definitely you can get out there the better, right? Yeah, well, we've had on Orla Farmer on, you know, the, the Cork. Cork footballer and she's um she did a PhD in in uh I can't think of the title now but it's basically to do with the dropout rate for women in sport um and it was usually between a twelve to thirteen age group you know and they kind of going to they going into secondary into school secondary or yeah into secondary their friends or just uh, just the fall, fall off in ladies football will be big as well like you know even I'd say that age and then maybe going between 16, 17, 18 as well like you know. That's just other things seem to take over, like, you know, and that's just the way it is, where boys just seem to keep tipping along for so long, and then they'll eventually decide, maybe 18 and 19, that, you know, other things kind of tip over, but you're definitely losing the girls a little bit earlier, like. Yeah. And the more you can bring through, the stronger you're going to be. And even for their own health and everything, like, you know, for their own health and wellness and everything, just to be out there participating. They don't have to be the stars of the show, like, just have to enjoy <laughs> it and try to get as much out of it as they can. So, you know, like, if they're, wherever they play, whatever position they play, just... Give as much of it as they can of themselves, like, you know. Definitely the participation and, you know, a big thing nowadays, and you know, you have the social media and you have 
people are so they're easily accessible you know whether they're good or bad and they're getting they could be getting abuse in whatsapp groups and whatnot thankfully you none of that back in your day you no none of that focus. thank god no trolls no trolls <laughs> and what, what what do you think yeah what's your opinion on that or you know are you happy you kind of grew up in you in in before social media because oh yeah i'd be know. way happier that we grew up before so i'll tell you we don't even have wi-fi in this house that's how yeah. fun dinosaurs we are to be fair and hopefully we'll hold on to it for another few years Kids are begging for their IT and Leah, but try to keep it going as long as possible because, geez, people could be sitting on their screens all day, every day, like, you know, and then getting involved in things that have nothing to do with them or, mm. you know, sending abuse to someone. Like, what? There's no point. I just don't see the point in it. I don't see the reason in it. Like, I just think it's an awful waste of time. You're better off out in the air, out in the fresh air. Yeah, you've you've a lot of, um, you know, in, the, in a previous the previous series there, I was, uh, I, um, Shiroz Akram is the first. Pakistan-born player to win All Ireland, yeah. Mayo on on the twenty-one level a couple of years ago, and um, he was just saying like he hasn't obviously experienced racism directly online, but he like he gets notified by friends that of comments and things like you know, and it's yeah, it's 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 uncalled for. It's not a nice place to be like, and it's you know, it's um, it you know, it's, uh, that's why I like to get your insight into it. That you know, imagine. I say, God, I say a lot of footballers' careers would have been ruined before social media if, the, you know, if the cameras oh, would, were around. Yeah, the cameras are around like that. But even in a night out, I wouldn't believe in people having their cameras out of the pack. They said, like, there's no need. No, there's no need. There's no need. And no. I know what happens. And like, oh, that's it. It's too much phones. It's too much video. Too much of all that. Like, we're living kind of in a little bubble. Like, no, no one, everybody's afraid to do anything like yeah, do you find that difficult now? We say with you know with the current generation when you're with Cork Green on the sixteens and when you're with um you know with Kerry underage or whatever, or even just groups of of youths nowadays and group of senior players that you know in your day, everyone would have been in the dressing room chatting away or whatever. Um, but now you have you have the girls in the dressing room, but you also have technology in the dressing room. Do you find that kind of well, we would, but they wouldn't be on their phones in the dressing room, to be fair. There'd be no, there'd be no phones and stuff in, out in the dressing room, to be fair. Like, but I suppose if you just even study pe- pe- young people, you'll see them if they're sitting down around the table, like they're all on their phone, like not talking, like they're not communicating as much as they should, like, you know, yeah. they're all just looking at the screen, like, and watching something or whatever they're watching, like, but yeah, it's definitely taking over a lot, like, in society, but it's, it's the way it is, it's the way going forward, like, we're not going to change, we're not going to put it back, like, you know, it's going to be something that's there forever more and it's going to get more advanced and advanced like you know you see a lot of people nowadays like well whenever i start feeling it i i, I just pick up the phone and ring but it's always easier for people not to send the message you know rather than than picking up the phone and ringing people and that's kind of feeding into the to the generation now that they're kind of somewhat introvert do you know what i mean yeah, they're, they're probably quieter like yeah, and they're not developing maybe their personalities as early as they should or something yeah, coming out of themselves as much as possible like just just because they're not communicating that they're yeah. not getting the communication skills as early as possible like you know it's the face-to-face communication or or even just picking yeah. up the phone and because it, there's yeah. a lot of learning in that as well you know because you're only you have to think on the spot you're on you know you have to think on the spot and you have to be responsible and you have to talk like yeah just be learned how to talk like so you retired in 08 and like this, it was this, 08 or 09 I'm not sure maybe it was 08 I don't even know was it <laughs> <laughs> and last, last game was against me already. It was in Crow Park. I know that. It could, it could it be Crow Park. It was an All Ireland quarter final, I think. Myself and Crow Horse Taunton were trying top scorers on the day. Because I remember about three or four days later, someone rang. Someone must have been sponsoring boots at the time or something. 
So they rang and asked me what size football boots I was. So I just told them whatever I was like, and that was fine enough. And I suppose Cora got a pair as well, I'd say. And the day must have been something that was going on at the time or something, do you know? Yeah. So I got a pair and I gave them to Louise for her. Jeez. She hasn't stopped scoring since. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, like, you, you know, yourself and Cora would have been in that generation. Like, would you have crossed paths with her a good bit, like? We all we would have crossed paths a good bit, yeah. We would have got to know each other, like, you know, through different events and everything as well. Like, you know, I would have got to know her right a bit, like, yeah. So, but I suppose what I was trying to say there was that, you know, in, in, in 08, you, you finished and then, or 08 slash 09, but then a year slash two later, um, you still made a team of the decade. So you made such a, a <laughs> such an impact in, in eight years. Um, there's serious full forward line at the time yourself. Um, full forward, you've Cora left and you've Valerie McCahy on the yeah, right. That, was about, that team of the decade, to be fair, they, we went up to Crow Park for an event, I'd say, to get our little awards. And there were some players now above there, to be fair, like that was... It was, it was nice. No, that was the nice award to get. Gee, is, is and a nice true? way to finish off as well. Maybe don't kind of just yeah, it just seemed nice. And you think, would you ever like to get involved with the media side of things? Uh, no, I'd say I'm fine the way I am, Jimmy. I'm busy now. I, I, I'm not. I'm sure I've no, I've no pulling power. Like just out of curiosity, like. <laughs> Oh, sure, it's all ladies, football's all TG card. The Irish wouldn't be up to enough scratch. I'd understand the right, but they wouldn't be able to put all the words together. Like, I'm sure Cora would be on uh, on RT, like, so that would stop, exactly, you know? Yeah, she is the pull down from the Aussie, the Aussie rules. I know she's doing you... well, to be fair to her, actually. She's doing very well, like, so she's just she's getting in there, getting in there. But look, I, I, I still have uh, your chance if you guys don't <laughs> go, the only footballer to win all Ireland senior before an all Ireland minor. Represented Ireland on the world got you a team of the year or whatever, you know, team of the decade as well. So five all stars. <laughs> do you yeah, do you think looking back now, say if you if you if you you know if you're in your prime, and I already spoke about the Aussie rules possibility, say if you're in your prime now and you had Aussie rules and you had um you had soccer. A possibility of so- playing soccer either in the UK or in England or um or, Amer- or America. Would you explore those options a bit more nowadays? Say if you're playing in your oh yeah, if the money was, I suppose yeah, like everybody would dream of being a professional athlete. So like that's if you wouldn't pay for playing sport, that's sort of that'd be in a dream world altogether. Like yeah, and it'd be better if you could paid for the NGA, but that's never going to come to pass. And it shouldn't, I don't think either. Like, I think it needs to keep its own status. But definitely, I'd say if you could earn a living out, I wouldn't see why not, like. She's really answer, you're a pure Kerry person answer there, like. <laughs> well, is, you thought we, we covered again the Aussie rules aspect, but... Hello? Oh, yeah. yeah, we, we covered... Aussie, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Now, we're, we're in already there. Yeah. Now, we covered Aussie rules aspect, but say about the soccer, like, would you really kind of consider it again, like, we say possibly, obviously, America or the UK because, you know, the UK has come on no huge amount in women's soccer. The UK came on and it'd be very close and it would be convenient to home, like, to be fair, if it was the way it was now, like, and I'd say the money they're getting paid now, you probably, yeah, you probably couldn't turn it down, like, to be fair, like, to look for a couple of seasons or a season and see how it'll go, like, no. And what, like, what was that time like when you were in America playing soccer? You were, you did well, didn't you, over there overall? Yeah, I was playing with Springfield Sirens and we did okay. We won, won a few competitions. And then I went down and played college soccer as well with Mercy Hurst. They were, called, they were in Pennsylvania. So I went there from about September till 
November, the end of their season, kind of snuck into college. There was a fellow from Ireland involved with the college there and he managed to, whatever he had to do. And so we went down there playing soccer and Joe oh, was great. We were actually, I don't know, it was like living with real American people or for a while and a different experience again. Like, and it was like their college experience as well. Like, so it was, but I think we got beaten in this quarter final of the competition we were in that time. So that's just the way it goes. And I'll find Mosey back up to Boston. So you went to college and you didn't go to college at the same time? Oh, well, yeah. like, I kind of did something, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I attended one or two lectures. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I had fair to be in for some few hours to do something like, but it wasn't too taxing at all, to be fair. In college, the training was very good, though. Like, that was a kind of their soccer semester at the time. So, like, you trained an awful lot, like, to be fair to them, like. And how do you find the heat over there at the time? I didn't really mind the heat in America. I think you just got acclimatised to it, to be fair. Like, it didn't, you know, it didn't really seem to bother me too much, like, to be fair. Like, even today when we won, maybe in the North Americans in Chicago was roasting all together. Like, but we seem to be able to cope with it anyway. Thank God. It would have been no bother to over in Australia if... if uh... <laughs> <laughs> who, look, on, in, looking back in your career, who would have been your toughest opponent? Uh, hmm. I'd probably go for, actually, a girl I probably marked. Every day in Kerry training, I'd say for 10 or seven, eight or seven, you'd go on a flarity from Corcovina. She probably, because she probably knew me inside out, and we probably had the most battles because we were on the pitch all the time together, like, you know, yeah. probably knocking socks off each other. And I suppose then if I had to go for a Cork person, I suppose Rena Buckley, when she spent her days, then she was probably becoming, only becoming, she was probably 17, 18, 19. She started off her career maybe cornerback or in the full back line and she used to end up marking when we were playing Cork and she was hard to get to get ahead of. Do you, I've spoken to a few girls about this and, and a few, well, uh, more or less girls, but it can happen, we say, in in, uh, in girls' teams, cliques forming. Um, have you experienced anything like that, cliques forming within a group of girls on this sports team? Probably does happen with girls more than boys, I'd say. It probably is a thing that does happen, but not too bad in my time, I don't think, to be fair. Like, you know, kind of, you have to kind of break down those clicks if you can at all, if possible, like, you know. And yeah. hopefully that everybody gets on, like, you know, at the end of the day, you need the more people you can get into one click or get on with the same clicks, it'd be better, like, you know. Well, girls, I suppose, would be a small little bit more bitchier than boys, I'd say, you know, at the end of the day. If I were to ask you now, what would be your highest point of your career? You're all in the final in 93, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And what would you have done? We say, I don't know, even know how you made time. To be like, did you deal with how do you ever get injured? Actually, when no, thank God. I was very, very lucky. I never touched wood, never got injured. Like, I maybe twisted my ankle once playing college, playing stupid, went off playing a rugby game or something, and twisted my ankle. And so oh, that was about it, I'd say. The, only injury I ever like I was just very very lucky to be fair like you know looking back though do you think it was down to like what do you think helped you like I suppose just being active all my life I'd say to be fair like so I never want to be sitting down inside too much like so I'd say just active and I suppose a bit of luck like you know like I suppose I was wiry like so I wasn't built very heavy or just so I was able to get in and out of tackles like when I helped yeah, I just it's amazing because you injuries now the biggest thing nowadays, like in this. Oh, injuries are massive, even this year. Sure, we've had two cruise sheets already inside with the oh, girls. Geez. Like, you know, we've three, we've three in the panel they're over cruise sheets at the moment. Like, it seems to be massive in ladies' football at the moment. Like, and I don't know how we prevent it or what, like, you know, what's causing them, but they just seem to be becoming very, very common. Like, you know, and like one bad injury, that's the whole year gone. Like, to get back to the same level again, like, it's just it takes all that hard work, like, you know, to be fair. 
the knock-on effect from that as well usually if you if, if it goes once you know yeah you could like yeah the chances are yeah you're increasing your percentage of something happening again like it's fascinating though you never even got like we say a serious injury like because you wouldn't fly up playing rub sorry playing soccer and playing you know playing football at the highest at the highest level yeah i suppose i don't know i was just face enough and able for it like i don't know just lucky lucky there's definitely something else in there like you know would you, <laughs> would you have done something when you're younger like would you have been you obviously would have been very active and, and things like that would you I'd say just very active at home, I suppose, out around the farm or whatever, just always going, I'd say, or cycling or out running or just doing something outside, more than likely just kicking the ball off the wall, like, and playing with all the neighbours or whoever would come along and play. I'd say, no, <laughs> I just, I don't know, just man, just the way I was, I suppose, just lucky. Growing up was leaving a legacy important for you? Uh, I suppose not. I wouldn't have thought of a legacy at the time, like, you know, but I suppose it's nice now when... TJ or Leah might laugh when someone says I played soccer. Like they kind of look with their eyes open to yeah, she did that. Her, she played football. So they kind of be starting to realise things, which is probably nice. So that's probably yeah. more of a legacy now than anything else. Like, you know? what, what age are they now? They're nine and seven. Like, so they're starting to realise. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're, they're starting to get maybe a bit more curious and stuff. Like, so yeah, it probably is nice. Like, you know? do you think that um, has made you kind of more? Rely, kind of realize your achievements because I, I, I know you for years and you just like I didn't even know until I obviously were told that in primary school and we've often been now having a few points and things like and there's never any word about it like but do you think you know hearing that from your 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 kids now do you think that really makes you like she's it might have been too bad it would I won't get much praise in this house I Jamie no <laughs> well like what you achieved always, always the next game in this house it's always the next game you live in Lisboa now you go the next game going from under 9 to under 11 so that's the way it's going now oh, watching the, the next generation of footballers that's I just love going to matches and going watching people play like to be honest I don't know, it's be something in my DNA or something just the way I am like so I, I think there's no point in looking backwards I think you have to live in the moment and keep going forward and look for the next person like you know are you proud of, of your achievements Oh, I would be proud like of myself. Like, I you suppose. can't be putting them down. You've been putting them down <laughs> all the time. What you achieved? I suppose I would be proud, but no, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be dreaming of them or thinking about them. You know. Well, like obviously, you know, it, it, it's it's well in the past now, but it's something that you know you should definitely be extremely proud of. Um, yeah. As uh, look, we're nearly there now, Jolene. But as highlighted already, you know, you had an incredible career, represented Ireland and Kerry, and played football, soccer in the states. Finished with five All Stars and one All Ireland and massive amount of friends and um you know you you left an incredible legacy for for generations to come. Do you have any regrets? No, yeah, no. I suppose the only thing that we just didn't get that other All Ireland. I suppose that's the only one. Like that fire was still there, like you know, and that we didn't get there. And I suppose it's probably why I'm involved for my own personal reasons with Kerry as well at the moment, still chasing. For the girls, the next girls, the next generation to get that All Ireland medal, like you know, to put Kerry back in the map, that would be probably the one. Like, but other than that, no, everything was great. I have to say, I enjoyed every minute of every experience I had. Like, and take the good with the bad. You just realize as you're going through it. I suppose the win, the defeats make you stronger. Like, make mm-hmm. you stronger maybe as a person and everything. Like, and so everybody can't win every day you go. Up, like, that's what you eventually realize. What does the future hold? for you you know do you think you'll continue down the managerial route down the line oh i don't i don't know tell the truth i don't know I think more relaxed life maybe eventually 
as mom said, the gear bag might stop going in the car one day. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that very much. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Seems to have always got in the car, I suppose. I don't know. You, we'll have to wait and see. I kind of really, really do kind of live in the moment. I don't look too far ahead, like I just don't think. I think you have to enjoy like life as much as possible and as much as we can at the moment and mm. see what see what the future holds like. Like if you told me five years ago I would have been involved with the Kerry Seniors, I would have told you you were mad. So you just don't know what's going to happen like from one day to the next. Just you know. Do you think it's important for for kids growing up playing multiple sports as much sport as possible? Yeah, I think they should try as much as possible when they're young, definitely. And then eventually they probably will have to make a decision which way they go. Like, I think to definitely to try as much things as possible, I can definitely try that. Do you ever think about getting involved in soccer again down the line? Mm. No, I listen know. to this. So I'm not ruling worry. it out. not ruling it out as well. <laughs> I don't think there'll be soccer in the school, though. Never. Well, uh, you, you probably would have to leave if there will be. Like, say, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to leave the community again. Uh, we'll welcome you back here in Oscar with open hands. I'll be all right. <laughs> Look, I've I've asked. I love asking guests this, and I've asked a lot of people this, and it has put them on the spot. Um, they're able to answer every question, but once I I try this to them, they're they don't know what to ask. Um, what would have been too non dairy what would have been two non-negotiables for you when you're playing on a daily basis? Mm, non-negotiables. I'd say just 100%. You give it, like, absolutely 100%. You don't just go through the motions. I'd be very much that you have to. You're there, you give it a hundred, like, that's why you're there, like, you have to give it 100%. Like, don't just rock up and show up. And I think if to put work into everything, you achieve as well, like, so if you don't train hard, you won't play hard. That's just the way it is. Like if you don't train, train like every training session, you have to give it 110% when you show up to the pitch. Don't just cruise through it thinking, no, I can turn on like like light a little switch another day, like no, and that this switch is going to turn on. Like eventually it won't like her. Just we're not able to turn it on like that. I think every day you go to training, give it everything you have. Another one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I got one brilliant one before. I actually actually they've all been excellent, but one of them was like I caught him like you um it was actually Harry McNulty, the Irish Robbie Sevens guy. Yeah. And uh he was the silent for ages and next thing he was like, I have you, I have one for you. I was like, go on, so he's like, uh I put on my left sock with my left before any other thing. I put on my left shoe, then I put on my right sock, and then my right shoe. You know, it was just something he did yeah, subconsciously without realizing it. Like. Without even realizing it, yeah, something very simple. Would you be small bit pretty sure because I would have sat beside the same girl in the dressing room and carried like talk nearly all the time. Yeah, would you? You would have had superstitions, Pishogs, yeah. Yeah, I suppose maybe small Pishogs, I suppose it's West Kerry thing, maybe is that. Yeah, definitely is, I'd say, Jesus. <laughs> Anything else would you, would you have done? No, that's about it, I'd say. And the same person on the bus, I suppose, as well, like, so... Go on, keep going. There's obviously more there. That was it. But no, just the boss of the training is the same, same people. Would you like to You know, is that even in Kerry Girls training that nearly everybody sits in the same spot in the dressing room? Do not like that. That's kind of, oh. People do that without realizing it. They're like, oh, it's kind of, everybody takes claims there, but of terrifies most. Yeah, true, true, true. So look, Geraldine, um, I think we've covered a huge amount and um, I appreciate you taking time out to come on inside your podcast and best luck with everything going forward. Perfect. Thanks, Millie, Jamie. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Geraldine and that's all from us on this week's podcast. 
Please do follow us on social media over Instagram it's at underscore on the ball team building over on Facebook it's on the ball team building over on Twitter it's at we are on the ball two that is the digit two and we're also on TikTok on the ball team building and you'll find us on LinkedIn as well on the ball team building. Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week when we have another exciting guest. Till then stay safe and remember cred unit fan. Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening.